0: I'm going to be reading from Acts chapter 17, just verses 1 to 9. Now, when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul went in, as was his custom. And on three Sabbath days, he reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and proving that it was necessary. For the Christ to suffer and rise from the dead, and saying, This Jesus, whom I proclaim to you, is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a great many of the devout Greeks, and not a few of the leading women. But the Jews were jealous, and taking some wicked men of the rabble, they formed a mob set the city in an uproar and attacked the house of Jason, seeking to bring them out to the crowd. And when they could not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city authorities, shouting, These men, who have turned the world upside down, have come here also. And Jason has received them. And they are all acting against the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, Jesus. Jesus. And the people and the city authorities were disturbed when they heard these things. And when they had taken money as security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this beautiful sunny morning. Thank you that you are sovereign over the sun and you allow it to rise. But help us to appreciate what you give us. Help us to be grateful and thankful for the air we breathe. It's all a gift from you, the sun that warms us. And all that else that comes through your creation. May we see it as a gift and be grateful and thankful. But we also want to thank you for your beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins, Jesus Christ. Thank you that it's through him we know you and we can... We reconciled to you and we can worship you in spirit and truth. But help us, Father, as we come now to the message this morning. Help me to be clear in what I have to say. Help us to hear what your word has to say to our hearts. Father, please be merciful to all of us. Help us to be doers of your word and not just mere hearers and delude ourselves. But help us to deny ourselves, take up our cross daily and follow Christ. With all our heart soul mind and strength but thank you father we can come and we can sit under your word and we have your word to guide and govern our lives help us now father help us all to hear pray and ask this all in Jesus name Amen the late John Stott said this to evangelize does not mean to win converts But simply to announce the gospel news irrespective of the results This is what Paul is doing He's not going to these towns traveling with the gospel with one thing in his mind to win converts He just wants to herald the gospel. He wants to announce the gospel As soon as someone comes into this hall to evangelize us and calls people forward or ask people to raise their hand he's overstepped god's will his will has taken over he's forcing his will on the people he's come with mentality to see how many people he can convert or how many people are interested in his message this is not Paul you don't see any of this in the book of Acts All you see is Paul and Silas and Timothy and these men traveling with the gospel of Christ. Announcing it to the fallen world. Because it's not their fight. It's Christ's fight. So this morning we're going to continue with traveling with the gospel. But are we traveling with the gospel do you and do you and I travel with the gospel daily and I'm not saying like I said last week you must not go to a faraway land with the gospel and go and evangelize a city and proclaim it to a city I'm not saying that I'm saying when you leave your home when you go to the shops when you go to work when you go to wherever are you taking the gospel with you because you are the gospel in one sense Your words, your works, will show people what gospel you believe, what gospel you honor. Because if you are doing this, then you will let your light shine in dark places. You will be letting your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And... Peter says, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. People will ask you about your life. Some people won't. Some people will mock you. But God who is sovereign over people will draw people to you or people will repel. But before we move on, what is the gospel? asked that question last week what is the gospel is the gospel God is the gospel about meaning and purpose in life is it about God as a plan for your life is it Jesus died for your sin believe in him and you go to heaven is the gospel God will make your marriage and parenting easier now we know as a Christian those things are true God can Bring you joy and happiness in your marriage and your parenting. God has a plan and purpose for your life. But is that the gospel? What is the gospel? Well, in scripture's words, the gospel is the proclamation of the person and work of Jesus Christ. It's taking what he has told us to take in his words. And this is what we read in Luke And that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. And verse 48 you are witnesses of these things, the things that Jesus has told us to testify about. And this is what we see in the book of Acts. We see Paul and we see Stephen. And we see Peter, how they took the gospel of Christ. How they witnessed these things, the person and work of Jesus Christ, which they were told. And they did it faithfully. Paul did it faithfully. In 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 to 4, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, and that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. The Gospel is the good news, and it's the announcing of Jesus Christ to this dark, fallen world. And when we proclaim the Gospel, and we focus on Jesus Christ, then maybe we will begin to see people saved. The gospel is a saving message. It is the good news about Jesus Christ and what He accomplished on the cross for us. The gospel is for us, not about us. And it's beautiful, when you look through the book of Acts, you you see that and you also read that Paul in prayers, he came to preach the gospel of Christ he could have told many stories about himself and how god blessed him and our god was sovereignly watching over him and then pointed it to him oh, he pointed the people to christ It even says that in the sight of god we speak in christ that was his call that is our calling when we take the gospel so before we move on to our second fact that we're going to look at from acts chapter 17 verses 1 to 9 To see what the true gospel is, and that is to help us to proclaim the gospel faithfully as we travel with the gospel. Let's look at our first fact and, and recap. And the first fact was that the gospel does turn the world upside down. It's there to change and transform lives. And we looked at that last Sunday, and we looked at that in verses 1 to 3 and verse 6 of Acts chapter 17. But it does turn the world upside down. Our world needs to be turned upside down. Our world needs to hear the gospel, it needs to be challenged. Because there's a time when we're not going to be able to say anything out there. Government. Whoever is going to tell us what we can say and not say. Which is happening. What the gospel does is it changes lives. It turns the world upside down. When proclaimed accurately, faithfully and truthfully, it has such an impact on the world that the world can never be the same again. So how are we doing in Proclaiming the gospel, which is about Jesus Christ alone. And here, in Thessalonica, we see Paul, the faithful, courageous servant of Christ Jesus, who goes into the synagogue of the Jews, which was his custom. And on three Sabbath days, he reasoned from the scriptures. He probably stayed longer, but it, it tells us that for three Sabbath days... He reasoned from the scriptures in the synagogue. He was always, which was his custom, to go to the Jew first. Where would you find them? In In the synagogue. And he reasoned from the scriptures. Reason, the word reason, means he dialogued. Paul not only stood up and preached and proclaimed the gospel to an audience, he also dialogued with them. And by dialoguing, I mean... He had an audience and he got them to interact with him with questions and answers. That's the best way. If you want to evangelize someone before you maybe even proclaim Christ Jesus to them, sit down and ask them questions about their worldview, about what they think of of the Bible, what do they think of God, what do they think of who created the world. Get get them to, to answer the questions because what comes out of the heart tells you what's in the person's, Mind. It's not what we put into our mouths that makes us unclean. It's what comes out of our mouths. So if we want to get to know what people are, then ask them questions. I often talk to someone and I say, and we talk and we say, oh, this is the gospel and and blah, blah, blah. And agree and agree and agree. And you realize later on that they were just nodding along with you. But as soon as you ask someone questions, ask them. Because we need to reason out of the scriptures. We need to obey what Jesus said to his disciples, which they obeyed and Paul obeyed. That these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you. That everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. And he opened the minds to understand the scriptures. Jesus has given us his spirit to illuminate the scriptures. Have you ever prayed for Jesus to open up your mind to understand the scriptures? To understand them so you can handle them accurately and truthfully as you proclaim them and the scriptures are all the old testament scriptures paul explains and proves that it was necessary for the christ to suffer and to rise from the dead and paul tells them this jesus whom i proclaim to you is the christ the messiah the anointed one because the jews knew in the scriptures there they there they were looking or the Messiah, the Christ and all Paul was doing was he was opening up the scriptures to them he was, he was going back to maybe Psalm 22 and Isaiah to prove the Messiah had to die maybe he went to Psalm 16 to show the Messiah would rise from the dead maybe he would go to Moses' law the first five law books and look at the sacrificial system and, and point them to the perfect sacrifice and show them but this was all a shadow this is what we learn in the book of hebrews it was a shadow of the things to come the perfect thing with a better promise paul all what he wanted to do was show the jews that from the old testament this all was prophesied the death resurrection and ascension of jesus this is something you should have seen in the scriptures yourself if you were reading them. And the most important part of the gospel, which you can go and listen to last week, which I mentioned, was the resurrection. You leave the resurrection out of, a, out of your sharing the gospel with someone, you haven't shared the gospel. Because someone said, and there was a beautiful quote that I read, the concept of resurrection lies at the heart. If you remove it, Christianity is destroyed. And often we don't really share the resurrection. We always tell people Jesus died on the cross to forgive your sins and if you believe in that, you go to heaven. That's not the gospel. That's part of the gospel. But that's not the whole gospel. That's not the, the, the full counsel of God in one sense. It's more. And we need to be patient. The gospel is jesus and his death his burial resurrection ascension all that he accomplished for us all that he earned for us on the cross are we traveling with the gospel or are we just storytelling as we go along traveling with the gospel and making it known jesus's way will turn the world upside down and you can go listen to that first fact more on our audio on our web page if you want to our website but I'd like to now focus on our second fact with the time I have. Again, we're going to see that in Acts chapter 17, verses 4 to 9. And our second fact, to see what the gospel does, the gospel divides people. It's amazing. You see, in this passage, some people were persuaded to laugh and some people were persuaded to hate They were jealous and therefore there was division there was opposition but this is something we we are not told when we evangelize we're not told that that you might take the gospel to someone in your family and you might divide the family you might split the family there might be opposition We are never told that there is a cost to be a disciple of Christ. There is a cost to take the message to your relatives. But Jesus told us this. He said, Do not think that I have come to bring peace to earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. We always think Jesus is the bringer of peace and we must be at peace. Just, just be careful when you go. Just, just don't offend anybody tolerate what they say there is peace that Jesus brought there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus that's tremendous peace peace that that Jesus has overcome our sin on the cross That our sins are forgiven that we have redemption the forgiveness of sins in Jesus when you believe like i said there's no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus what peace is that but the peace jesus came to bring is not simply the absence of strife there there will be a fight because when we take the truth to someone that doesn't know the truth it's truth against falsehood it's gonna be a spiritual battle it's not easy you just got to look at Jesus. His own family thought that he was out of his mind, what he was doing. There was even division in his own family. Like someone said, a sword divides and so does the truth. Which Jesus came to bring, more important than family unity. And we put so much above the gospel, so much ahead. The love of our family, the love of our friends. But we read there that anyone loves his father or his mother-in-law or whoever more than me it's a warning but it doesn't mean you must go now and look for a fight it doesn't mean you must go there now and say oh it doesn't matter if i upset anybody who cares no you go there in gentleness and respect you go there with clothing character humility you go there with love, speaking the truth in love with a tender heart. And you leave the result up to God. If they attack you, nothing you can do. Don't attack them back. Because you don't know. You can sit down with someone with a cup of coffee. And you can be having such a nice conversation. And then it gets to talking about the gospel. And that coffee time ends with strife. Don't try. Let's not try to control things. Let's take the gospel and trust God with the gospel in people's lives. The truth divides people. Because on the one side, we have Christians who travel passionately with the gospel. And on the other side, we have non-Christians who passionately oppose Christians. Another beautiful quote said, Where strong and opposed feelings are held, conflict is inevitable. Inevitable. It's amazing just a quick um illustration or example is is jesus when he came to read from the scroll in in luke chapter 4 and he stands up and he reads from isaiah and he sits down or oh, then he sorry he began to say today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing look, look what everybody says and all spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words and were that were coming from his mouth But as soon as he started speaking something that was true, when he told them that in Israel, in the days of Elijah, when the heavens were shut up, three years and six months, and a great famine came over all the land, and Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to Zarephath in the land of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophets Elijah. And none of them was cleansed, but only naaman the syrian and when they heard these things all the synagogue were filled with wrath one minute this is an amazing man marvelous words until he speaks the truth wrath and they rose up and drove him out of the town and brought him to the bar, the brow of the hill in which the town was built so they could throw him down the cliff. We've got to trust the sovereignty of God as we go about proclaiming the gospel because it divides people. And we see that as we look at verses 49 of Acts chapter 17, we see the gospel dividing people. The people were affected by the gospel of Christ. Like I said, some for love and some for hatred. None of us here, if we truthfully take the gospel of Christ and proclaim it to people, none of us here can escape the way people will react. They will always react one way or the other. But if we want to tickle the ears, don't want to offend them, actually you're offending God and it shows you are ashamed of the gospel. Because it's the power of God for salvation. To everyone who believes. To the Jew first and then to the Gentile. And we see the power of the gospel. Because in in verse 4. And some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas. As did great many of the devout Greeks. And not a few of the leading women. There were people that were saved. Jews and a large number of God-fearing Greeks and leading women. When it says there, not a few of the women means... It was a lot of prominent women. And it all came through the hearing of the gospel of Christ. They were persuaded and they joined Paul and Silas, meaning they believed, they came to saving knowledge of the gospel, and they wanted to hear more what Paul and Silas had to say. This is all God's doing. And it happened because Paul reasoned from the scriptures. The Old Testament coupled with the work of the Holy Spirit. And if you want to, you've just got to go back to the first chapter of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 1. The first, I think, 10 verses. And, and just to read verses 4 to 5. And, and hear the work of the Holy Spirit here. Uh, he testifies about Christ through preaching Christ crucified, through, through proclaiming the work and person of Christ. For we know, brothers... For well, we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. They came with the word. They came with the sacred scriptures. They pointed people to the Christ in the scriptures. Obviously, their words matter, but they did not just come only in word and blah, 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 blah. They could have spiced up their word, they could have entertained the people, they could have been eloquent. They just came with the truth and it came out as it came out. And they accomplished much. People were saved. And the person that saves the spiritually dead is the Holy Spirit. The Spirit uses His word, the sacred scriptures, That's why we must take the scriptures because James also tells us of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be kind of first fruits of his creatures. When you go and listen to an evangelist or an apologist you don't trust the person. You trust Christ. You are saved by Christ. You are never saved by the preacher. It is the power of the gospel that saves, not the preacher. It's the preaching of the word of God that saves. It is Christ who saves. It is the Holy Spirit who saves. And today the focus is so much on what the evangelist does. I too have to be careful of that. It's easy to entertain our own Pride and ego. But it's falling back and trusting God. God saves the people. He saved the people in Thessalonica by His word. God used His word to convict their hearts and bring them new life, new creatures, new creation in Christ Jesus. But like I said, the gospel divides people. In verses 5 to 9 of Acts chapter 17, we see the gospel of truth dividing people. Because there were some people that did not believe. There were some people there, like the Jews, they were jealous. You just have to go back and look at Paul's life, how he was jealous of what was going on and how he was persecuting the Christians. Thinking he knew the truth. And they were upsetting everything. So Paul has been in this situation before. But yeah, the, the Jews are jealous. And they, and they stir up some people. They go to the market. They round up some wicked men and use them to set the city in an uproar. Create a disturbance. It's amazing how we do that today. I want to get someone's attention. I can go out and round up a hundred people just to come and help me to make a noise and get attention. You know what I'm saying. We've seen it, we've witnessed it. When we had this whole wage dispute a few years ago, busloads came. Nothing's changed. Yeah, the Jews, they go to the market and they round up some wicked men to create a disturbance which gives them reason then to bring charges against Paul and Silas and the believers. They go to Jason's house, they look for Paul and Silas because Jason was hosting them and when they could not find them they attacked Jason and dragged him and some of the Christians off before the city authorities. And they charged them saying that they're turning the world upside down they're bringing chaos but we know they also created in that context turning the world upside down they also created chaos they were lying they were being deceitful the only thing they got right is when they charged them with acting against the decrees of Caesar saying there is another king, Jesus. Well how true, there is another king, Jesus, who is king of kin and lord of lords. But he's not going to be the king like Caesar, who is going to start an earthly political nation. Jesus is our king and lord. But it's a new kingdom, a new heaven that he's king of. He's not going to come like another Caesar, Roman rule, and bring about public disturbance. We know our king rules. Next to the right hand of the father, he's seated on the throne. He's king of Kings, and lord of lords. And we are saved into his kingdom, which he rules spiritually. Will we proclaim the gospel of Christ truthfully? Because wherever the gospel is taken seriously, it will divide. If you live a godly life, you will be persecuted. Paul told Timothy that. And then we see the last few verses, or mainly verse 9. They forced Jason to make a pledge to have Paul and Silas leave leave Thessalonica. They kind of bribed them. And when they had taken money and security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. So they like bribed them a pledge. Give us so much money and then we'll let you guys go but get rid of those men which we read in verse 10 the brothers immediately sent paul and silas away tonight away by night to Berea. they had no choice but to leave you might think well why didn't they stay and be martyred there's a time to be martyred and there's a time not to be martyred in god's will and purpose for the person that is called like paul Paul was martyred later on in life, but it wasn't his time now and it wasn't God's purpose and will for his life to be martyred. Because we know Paul had loads of work to do. He was halfway through his second missionary journey. He still had a third missionary journey. Travelling with the gospel will divide people. This fact is true. Maybe you've experienced it. Maybe you haven't. Maybe you don't because you compromise the gospel. If you bend the gospel, you water it down. You tickle the people's ears. Let's be reminded, at the end of the day, the gospel is about destination. The gospel is about destination. Are you witnessing? And you don't care where the people go? Because we can become like the Pharisees, the blind leading The blind. The true gospel leads to salvation in Christ, leads to eternal life, heaven. But if you compromise the gospel, it leads to eternal destruction, it leads to hell. So these two facts that we've looked at this morning, from Acts chapter seventeen, verses one to nine, as we looked at Paul and and Silas, how they proclaimed the gospel. To see what the gospel does, how it turns the world upside down, how it divides people. Now that we've seen this, now that we are aware of this, will we proclaim the gospel faithfully? Will we go out there and travel with the gospel faithfully or will we continue doing as we please because we don't want to offend our neighbor or our friends or our family? Let's be reminded, that there on the cross, that Jesus died to forgive our sins. There he sacrificed himself, in our place. No one's worthy, we're all unworthy. We should have died on the cross. But he died as our substitute, in our place, as the perfect sacrifice. He died for all, that those who live, might no longer live for themselves. So if you're compromising the gospel, you're living for yourself. You're not living for Christ. You're only thinking of yourself. You're not even thinking of the person who you're witnessing to. You don't want to offend them. But Christ died for all. That those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for Him who for their sake died and was raised. We carry on the work of Christ. Travelling with the Gospel. Proclaiming it faithfully. And this proves that we are living for Him. If we travel with the Gospel, we are living for Him. We've denied ourselves. We take up our cross daily and we are following Him in spite of the cost. Will we travel with the Gospel faithfully, sincerely, truthfully and genuinely? Is this going to be easy? No. No. Is it easy for me? No. We need God's grace. We need God's mercy. We need His wisdom and we need each other. We need to encourage each other. You know, Mark, I'm, g- I'm going to go and witness to someone, but I- I'm concerned. Have you got some, some, some help, some, some advice? And can you pray for me? Do we do that? Or do we just march off and think, ah, oh, it's easy, you know, we're just going to just read a few words to someone. Well, we don't even take the gospel with us. We don't take the Bible with us. We just take our stories. And most of them are a figment of our imagination. But until we take the sword of the spirit, which is the word, to divide and to conquer, we will not save people. We need the gospel, which is the power of God for salvation, to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and to the Greek. Because in it is righteousness has been revealed to us. Christ's righteousness let's pray father we thank you that we have your word to help us to share the gospel according to the scriptures and not our way help us father help us to learn from paul and silas as they travel to thessalonica and as they proclaim the the gospel of jesus christ the work and person of jesus christ Help us, Father, and please forgive us if we don't do this. Please forgive us if we, if we find ourselves just telling stories because we don't want to offend people. Be merciful to us. But help us to come to true repentance and turn from, from uh, our ways of, of not doing this in a biblical, godly way. Help us, Father, to be faithful and found trustworthy with this treasure, the Scriptures. Please be merciful to us, Father. Please help us. We know that this gospel will divide people. But we know that this gospel can turn this world upside down. People need to be changed and transformed. Have mercy upon us, Father. Please give us the wisdom to do that. Pray in us this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen.